turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thank you for joining us today. God never forgets about us. Can we say we never forget about him? How often do we arise and neglect to say, thank you, Lord, for another day? Or thank you, Lord, for keeping my family and me safe at the end of the day? He remembers us even when we don't deserve it. Therefore, we must remember the Lord our God every second of every day. As Pastor Rander ministers to us, have your Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. Absolutely no one has the power to control the lust of the flesh. The only way to conquer the flesh is to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, if we fail to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit and depend on our own human strength and wisdom, rather than relying on the Holy Spirit's power, we will yield to and gratify the evil desires, inclinations, and proclivities of our fleshly appetites. I better repeat that again. If we fail to submit to the leading of whom? The Holy Spirit. And if we, fail, if we fail to lean on the Holy Spirit and instead depend on our own strength, depend on our own wisdom, rather than rely on the Holy Spirit's power, we will yield to and gratify the evil desires, the inclinations and proclivities of our fleshly desires, which is our unredeemed humanness that seeks to rebel and be independent of God. That's right. That's a big thought. Now, to substantiate what I'm saying, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 7, Verses 14 through 25. You have your Bible with you. Everybody needs to turn to that, that, that passage. You know, this will help us live to understand the war within and to help us better live the Christian life. You, you, you ever wonder why you're struggling? Well, well I'm, I'm trying to help you understand why there's a struggle in the first place. Okay? When you find Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, say amen. Look what it says. This is, uh, look what it says. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, soul under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Verse 16. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. That's what we've been talking about. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not look for I do not do 
the good I want. But the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Is that you? <laughs> now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Isn't that a big passage? Y'all need to hold on to that passage because there is the inner war. In that passage is the inner struggle. Now, there's some major insights I want to give you off of what Paul, Paul had a, an intense inner struggle and Paul was a spiritual giant in the ministry. And I don't consider myself being nowhere near where Paul was. I'm trying to get there. Well, I'm trying to get there. Aren't you trying to get better? We, we all trying to get better, but I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still, I'm still pressing on toward that. But there's something, even Paul, who was a tremendous spiritual giant, had an intense spiritual struggle. Huh? Now, here's what I want you to get. As in the case of Paul, every born-again believer will experience an intense inner war between the flesh and the spirit. And the one you feed the most is the one who wins. Now, yeah, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me preach this message. Let me reiterate. As in the case of Paul, do, do, do you see in this text that struggle between the spirit and the flesh? And Paul was just sick and tired of himself. So as in the case of Paul, every born again believer will experience an intense inner war between the flesh and the spirit. And the one you feed the most is the one who wins. You feed the spirit. How do you feed the spirit? With the word of God. With prayer. Huh? How do you, how do you feed the flesh? With, with wrong television shows. Uh, wrong books. Wrong relationships. Wrong conversations. You feed the flesh with rebellion and being obstinate and acting crazy. Okay? It's getting quiet now. So who you feed determines who wins. If you want the spirit of God to win and cucker your flesh, you got to, you, the spirit of God cannot be uh, undernourished in you. Okay? You have to feed that, that inner man, that, that, that new man that's in you. D. Every one of us has succumbed to our fleshly desires and did the very thing we did not want to do. Every one of us in this room, we've all succumbed to our fleshly desires and did the very thing we did not want to do. That's right. Very thing you didn't want to do since you've been saved. I'm not talking about what saved 40 years ago. I'm talking about last week. There's some show you said you weren't going to look at and you looking at it. That's right. There's some people you said you, wasn't go, you were going to turn loose and you're still holding on to them. 
Huh? There's some places you're frequenting that you said you were going to stop going there and you find yourself going there. Huh? You said you were going to stop cussing and you, you cussed. You didn't slip, you cussed. Huh? I mean, the very thing you said you, were going to, said you weren't going to smoke no more, now you've got three packs. Every one of us has succumbed to our fleshy desires and did the very thing we, we did not want to do. You said, said you weren't going to gossip no more. And then all of a sudden, fresh gossip. I want to say this. No matter how spiritual you think you are, if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to rule and control your flesh, there is nothing too evil for you to do. Did you hear what I just said? No matter how spiritual you think you are. And some of y'all think y'all pretty spiritual. And you think you got, you think you're, oh, you've been in Christ and you know the Bible and you know verses and, and oh, you got, you go to BSF and you and this, this, that, and that, and you know, the, know, know this and you've been to the road to mails and all these, you've been to all these conferences and all these things, you've been all over the place. And I'm pretty spiritual now. No matter how spiritual you think you are, if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to rule and control your flesh, there is nothing too evil for you to do, even though you are saved. Your flesh can rise up. If you don't keep focus on God and keep feeding the, 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 the new man in you, your flesh can rise up and you do some of the things you've been delivered from. That's right. Now you're quiet because you're thinking. It doesn't take much for your flesh to rise up. And you say, well, I thought I, I was through with that. Man, that, that flesh is waiting to take you back to where you used to be so quickly. Before you look around, you say, how did I get back here so quickly? I want to say something else. Since Christians will struggle with sin until we depart this life, we must be determined to walk by the Spirit and not according to the flesh, which is to fulfill the bodily cravings and desires of our fallen human nature. Since Christians will struggle with sin until the day we depart this life. The Word of God tells us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is talking to God. We talk to our family, friends, co-workers, acquaintances, and strangers with ease. Yet so often, we don't take the time to talk with God, our source, for everything. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer does and will sustain us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have it within us. We must always tap into it. We must be determined to walk by the Spirit and, and not allow the flesh to take over and not according to the flesh, which is to fulfill the bodily cravings and desires of our fallen human nature. Now, I want to say something. Being a Christian does not exempt us from struggles, weaknesses, and temptation. You're a Christian, you will have struggles. You will have, you, all of us have weaknesses. That's right. We, that's why we're praying and that's why we're growing and that's why you're here today. That our weaknesses will be strengthened and all of us will encounter temptation. I get tempted. You get tempted. Your children get tempted. And, and temptation is everywhere. That's, how, that's why so many are falling 
and yielding to temptation because it's so easy to sin and it is so easy to fall. Even Jesus himself was tempted. Was tempted. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Jesus himself was tempted. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter, look at that tempter, who's the tempter? The tempter is Satan. Came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God again. The devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, devil, you Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. You see, even Jesus Christ was tempted and, and, and Jesus Christ had victory over temptation because he used the word of God against the enemy. He used his spiritual weaponry, weaponry to fight the devil. Let me tell you something. If there is no inner struggle, then either you are lost or you have become so callous to sin, you no longer hear the voice of God. Every born again believer ought to have an inner struggle. Every, did, you, did you hear what I just said? Every born again believer. Now, before you came to Christ, you don't have a struggle because you don't have Christ in you. You don't have the spirit of God in you. So you're given over to yourself. Give it over to your way. Whatever you want to do, you just go do it. You don't lose any sleep. You don't feel conviction. You don't, you, you, you don't feel the need to confess your sins and repent. You know why? You don't have Christ. So you just, if it feels good, you just do it. Huh? No struggle at all. If there is no inner struggle, one or two things. You are either lost as you can be, or you have become so callous to sin that you no longer hear the voice of Almighty God. So the mere fact that you struggle is healthy. Is healthy. Now, I want to say, now, don't sin in the name of struggle. Oh, you know, I'm just struggling. Just here go another. I, I, I'm playing a lot. Oh, child, I, I'm struggling. You know, I got that struggle, man. It's, I'm struggling. Oh, pray for me. You know, the pastor said I got in a struggle, so my, my struggle is winning. Hold it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Nelly. Do not allow your struggle to become an excuse to remain in perpetual sin. Do not allow your struggle to become an excuse to remain in perpetual sin. In other words, 
Where is the victory? Don't, don't, focus on the, don't, don't focus on the struggle to the extent that you don't have victory. I see Vic, Paul had a struggle, but at the end, he got victory. Huh? You say, where is that in the text? Back in Romans 7, 24, 25. Romans 7, 24, 25, it says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Look, what, look at verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of sin with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the spirit. Listen, you ought to, you, listen, don't focus on the struggle. Struggle to the extent that you don't gain the victory. Yes, the reality is there is an inner war. But you ought to win the war through Christ who gives us the victory. Huh? Y'all hanging with me? Now let's go on. I'm talking about all these struggles and battles that we have. And I, this, and, and it hits me really hard. And I, man, man it's just battle after battle. Uh, number four. There is a battle for our minds. And if we're going to win, we must take every thought captive to the, to the obedience of Christ. You know, uh, th so, so there's an inner war against the, uh, the, with, with the flesh and the spirit. And there's also an intense battle for our minds. The battleground is our minds. And if, so th there's a battle for our minds. And if we are going to win, we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, four, 10, verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. That's a very critical scripture. We need to always memorize it and keep it, uh, keep it close by. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. For pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, say every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's right. So the battle is for your mind. Satan wants your mind. And if your mind is going to be fortified and protected and secure, and if you're going to have the helmet of salvation on, you must take every thought that is not of God and is, a, and is satanic in nature. You must take that thought captive and expel it before it gets into your mind. In other words, A, we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ at the point of interest, entry into our minds. We must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ at the point of entry in our minds. At the point of entry. How many of y'all have thoughts that come against you? And they come, right when it begins to come in your mind, arrest it. Arrest it by the Holy Spirit power. By the Holy Spirit's power. Arrest that thought. It's a damnable thought. A, a filthy thought. A low down thought. A, a thought that's, that's designed to hurt you or to hurt somebody else or, uh, not to edify, but to put down or to cast out. Who? Cap capture it. Arrest it. Take it captive. If you don't, it's going to come in. It's going to take root. It's going to become a stronghold and overtake your whole body and life. B, the word of God is the only reliable weapon 
to do successful combat against Satan and the demonic realm and expose lies, human reasonings, philosophies, ideas, speculations, and false religions. The word of God is the only reliable weapon, not psychology, not humanism, not opinions. The word of God is the only reliable weapon to do successful combat against Satan and the demonic realm and expose lies, expose human reasonings, expose philosophies, expose ideas, speculations, and false religions. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Ephesians 6, 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. This is the sword of the spirit. You have to take it. You have to read it. You have to, you have to apply it. You have to wield it. It's the, the word of God secures the helmet of salvation. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Everything you do is naked and open before God. And we're going to give an account for everything we have done in our lives. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Do not allow the world to squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed, from which we get the word metamorphosis, transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We got enough information. What we need today is transformation. Transformation. So it's, it's very important that you know how to use the word of God and, and take captive those thoughts that are not of God. Have you had thoughts that come into your mind that are most damnable? Raise your hand if that happened to you. That was ugly. That was sinful. That was diabolical. That was low down. I mean, that you know, and then it comes. Listen, it Satan will mess with you anywhere. He'll mess with you at home. That's right. That's right. He'll mess with you, with your, with your children. He talks about your children. He talks about your husband. That's why, it, that's why relationships and marriage are so bad. Satan assaults your, your minds about your spouse and all your spouse's shortcomings. Nothing edifying about your spouse. To the point you just bite it and you eat it. You bite it and you eat it. And all of a sudden... You're reacting on what Satan has put in your mind and your husband, your wife say, what is wrong with you? And they don't know all that stuff you've been thinking about them. What, what, where did, oh, you say, where did that come from? Huh? And Satan wants to tap your marriage. And he puts those stuff and, 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 and the poor man may, have meant what, may, may not have meant what he was doing at all, but you looked at it from a different perspective and you're clobbering it. Or, or the wife to husband, or the, or the wife Wife to the husband or the husband to the wife, vice, vice versa. 
And, and those thoughts come because God wants to destroy you and your children. And, and he don't put edifying thoughts or encouraging thoughts in your mind because he want to wipe you out. I tell you what, he'll put downable thoughts in your mind right here in church. Right here in church. He calls you to look at somebody with a different kind of eye. That's right. Lusting after somebody. Your mind going way where it shouldn't have gone with another man's wife. The man don't know it. Your wife don't know it. But you and God know it. And the devil knows it because he put it there. You can be right here in church and be just as satanic in your mind as you can be. That's why you have to catch yourself. Keep in touch with yourself through the word of God. Amen? Amen. Number five. There is a battle against the dark forces of this world and wickedness in the heavenly places. There is a battle against the darkness, against the dark forces of this world. There is a battle against the dark forces of this world and wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6.12. It says in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Hang with me. We must realize that the war is not against people. It is against Satan and his cohorts. Sometimes you end up fighting people. I'm going to get her. She shouldn't have done that to me. I'm going to get him. You wait till I see him again. And you think it's that person. It's not Joe or Sue or Shirley. It's that spirit. It's that demonic power. Huh? That's behind them. That's moving them to do such things. We must realize that the war is not against people. We are in a spiritual battle against Satan. God is real. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the indwelling Holy Spirit becomes alive in us. And as indescribably good as that is, the best is yet to come. In heaven, God himself will live among his children. No more problems, no more pain, no more preparing for the worst, because the worst will no longer exist, nor will we remember that it ever did. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.